What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> You're Stunning, listening man. to the Wilson Stern Podcast with me, Luca, and of course, your intrepid host, Wilson Stern. Wow. Thank you so much. For that yeah. Intro. How was that for an intro? That was so perfect. Cool. What's up, man? How you been? Chilling. I've been good. I mean, I've been good until just this this last moment here. I misplaced my bag that has my computer in it. I didn't misplace it super hard. I think it's just I'm not at my house right now, and I think it just is at my house. But I thought I had it. Oh, yeah. It caused me mental anguish, which now man. I am trying to release. Cool. So that's where I'm at. Well, How about you? I hope well I hope you find that. I that can my friend that happened to my friend the other day. He lost all his stuff and then somebody ended up like texting him and saying he had it. So he was truly blessed that day. Nice. No, that does sound Thank nice. You. I for, fortunately I don't think that my stuff is even that much lost. I think it is just only mm-hmm. very slightly misplaced. And so That's it'll, good. It'll buff up. That that same friend, I was going through his wallet because you know that's what you do. <laughs> that's what friends are for. Yeah, and I he had his social security card in his wallet, and I was like, "You should not keep that in your wallet." Oh, I am that person. That, well, I mean, I'm not anymore, but I did one time. I had my social security card in my wallet, and I did lose my wallet, and I did have my identity stolen. But it actually was a lot easier than I thought to deal with having one's identity stolen so ultimately it was educational and not that bad but it was lesson learned super annoying mm-hmm. yeah so yeah lesson learned indeed yeah <laughs> but i'm i'm doing to answer your question um i'm doing good i'm i'm in Asheville right now oh that's awesome. on my on my uncle tony's deck um and I, you met you met Tony yeah. at one point, yeah, yeah. And I've been here about like a week and a half now, and I, and I'm loving it. And that's rad. Yeah, you'll have to yeah. tell Tony that I said, "Hey, I like that." Yeah, guy. he want he wanted me to tell you to or tell you he says, "Hey." Oh my gosh! Wow. So I'll, yeah, I'm receiving the hey. <laughs> Yeet. Um. Maybe I was thinking today I'm writing a new song and I, maybe you could help me spice it up or something. I would love to help you spice it up. That sounds joyful. Okay, cool. And um, usually I play it with the capo on the second fret. And so so it's in the key of A major. So, yeah, do you want me to do you want me to just play, play through it for you? And I've been listening to Ram a lot by Paul McCartney, oh. and it's definitely yeah, such a good album. Fantastic so. album, so pleasant. And and I've experienced a little heartbreak this week, so oh, you I've need been, some a, Ram. A you song need some has, Ram in your life. To yeah, keep you grooving. Yeah. Anyway, cool. One, two, three, four. It always seems so much better. Before you know what's going on I know you didn't mean to hurt me I know you didn't mean no harm 
My dear friend says it's nothing. Says that I should move on. But to think of you as nothing makes my heart feel so wrong. It always feels so much better. Before you know what's going wrong And even though it hurts me dear I can't help but hold on My dear friend says it's nothing Says that I should move on but to think of what we had as just a happenstance, it would feel so wrong. La da la da 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 la da la 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 da da la. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. I can't wait until you finish it and record it because I know that you'll also record it in a really fun way. Yeah. And I will listen to it. Yeah, I have like like ten or eleven songs now to record, so yeah. I'm I'm kind of excited to get home and and record them. That's super cool, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's it. If you have any ideas or like constructive criticism, I'm totally open to that. Or or if if not, we can work on something else. But I wanted to show that to you regardless. It's beautiful. I mean, it pretty much sounds done. If I mean, I don't know what, what decision you're going to make towards the end there, if it's going to be an instrumental outro, if you're going to work back into the form or whatever. But there's there's enough there already. I don't think it necessarily needs more spice. Yeah. I think you could literally even just record it voice and guitar. I don't know if you even need to mm-hmm. track other instruments, but you could, and it would be dope either ways. I I was thinking for like the first verse and chorus to have just like voice and guitar. And then when the second verse comes in, like kick it up with the drums, like. Oh, yeah. 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 And I was, I don't know. I was thinking about this other part where I go up to B major. Like as an outro, like. Are you thinking of Cause I'm thinking of you. Something like that. Maybe someday we'll be. I don't know. Something uh, like that. Yeah, I like that. And outro bridge territory is cool because you're kind of, since it's like the major and then we're scooping into the minor key, it's a little bit like we, t- yeah. we were hanging out on Earth. We were telling an Earth story, but then at the end, it's like we get in all rocket ship and fly. Away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Man, it's good to talk to you about music and stuff. It's been a minute since our last lesson. Likewise, dude. Yeah, you've been all over. You've been hanging out in those mountains, man. We've both been to the Smoky Mountains, I think, since-ish the last time we did this. What do you think? What do you think of the the old, low mountains? Um, I really, I love them. Um, It's, it's kind of, easy to forget you're still sort of in the country out here but you you it's you still kind of are 
in in the country territory, I guess, you know? Yeah, you mean to say it's but, kind of in, obviously in a different way, but in the same way that, like, Gainesville, it's sort of in this, like, rural north-central Florida area, but it's very, like, the people are very modern, progressive, like, connected to the earth, but also, like, global thinkers. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, the best... The, I guess is North Carolina the South? I don't really know. I feel like people in in the like deep South wouldn't consider it the South, but people in New York would consider it. Well, you're the South. Ex- you're exactly right. I mean, I think North Carolina, I want to say, is south of the Mason Dixon line. I think. I think Virginia's mm-hmm. like the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, someone from like Alabama or Georgia, I think would maybe say that the North that North Carolina is more the beginning of the North. But someone, yeah, mm-hmm. from New York would definitely say it's the beginning of the South. Yeah. So it, it I think there's some ambiguity yeah. there about like what the place is, which is kinda well, cool. Well North Carolina's changed a lot but... too. I mean since the new millennium, I mean a lot of places that were extremely I mean Asheville just from two thousand to twenty twenty, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like that in the year two thousand. Yeah. You there weren't like head shops on every corner. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, yeah. There's literally I'm not joking, there's literally like a head shop everywhere you look yeah, out here. It's very like uh future progressive laissez-faire socially kind of like with mm-hmm. the good times of the of the new world order role <laughs> the new age new right. world order exactly. yeah it's well it's a new age city exactly yeah um and i've been hanging out on warren i don't know if you know of warren wilson but that's the school i'm applying yeah to. yeah i've been and, on uh, campus a couple times yeah my best friend who's a drummer goes there and i've been practicing my songs with him and jamming and we've been jamming with like other people too and it's just it's been such a good like celebration of like you know times are hard but like we're musicians and we're here and like we're 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 gonna play and and enjoy it you know regardless of what's going on like outside in the outside world. Yeah, hearing you say that delivers a special kind of warmth into my day. Thank you. That's a nice image. Yeah, Yeah, and like I've just been getting to play with like different people who have different sounds than me and some just beautiful like like just beautiful players really and it's just a cool community and yeah, I, I could see myself going back to like Asheville and stuff. I really like it here. I could definitely see myself living here if I get in and end up going to mm-hmm. Wilson. Yeah, I agree. I can see you in that environment too. And like their music department is small, but it's growing. And that's really something that in- is interesting to me because like, I don't know. I guess I see it as like an opportunity to like really, I guess, like go hard in the music department and maybe like. I guess, uh, like, be a catalyst for more growth in it and be part of, like, a little scene that's that's coming up. Oh, I think yeah. that's really... And it does. Yeah. That feels good. I mean, well, Warren Wilson is, like, focused on preserving the folk tradition of, like, that area, I think, to to an extent from, yeah. from what I've heard. I had a friend who studied banjo there. Um, so, it, I mean, especially mm-hmm. if you can be part of, like, we're preserving this 
culture and involving it with all of this like new information from you know people coming to the school from all different places and like yeah grow something nice from the ground up that does sound really cool it's a very global school like or not global that's a little it's very like well there's some exchange students and stuff but i guess what i'm trying to say is like everybody there is from a different state it seems like like i mean people from like new york and from like oklahoma Mm -hmm. and from like from oregon and it's like it's 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 kind of rare that like you know somebody you went to high school with that goes to that school but i know like five people and it's always like you know this person like what the hell like no nobody here is supposed to know Mm -hmm. each other but yeah well, cool, man. Well, yeah, is there anything else that has been on your mind that you want to work on, or do you want to go into some repetitive stuff, or what What kind of brainwaves are you working with today? So my friend, my friend Bella, I just occurred to me, my friend Bella has this song that has a progression that goes like, uh, it goes like, let's see what key is it in, it goes like... something like that and i was just i really like that and i'd like to i guess work okay yeah is so what's that like a b minor seven at the beginning oh no it's something yeah are you playing it though or it's it's a i'm maybe i'm out of tune actually um play your b minor for me yeah i'm out of tune (laughs) So it's like a B minor, I guess, bar chord, B minor seven bar chord voicing. And then an F sharp minor seven to a G minor seven. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I guess. That cool, that has a very like, uh, like loungy, housey, almost like. Like it's like it sounds like a smooth jazz sample put into a like yeah. dance track to me. That's what that sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'd like to. We're gonna be practicing that over the weekend at some point. I'd like to be able to like break a solo out over it. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I would love to. This is like my favorite stuff to do, especially because here. The first chord and the second chord are related enough that I can kind of think of them in my mind as one thing. And so then that last chord, the destination, getting to that, you said G minor. That's Mm -hmm. like the deal. Basically, we're going between two pretty unrelated keys, but there's Mm -hmm. a couple of like snazzy ways to deal with it. So for instance, you could treat the B minor and the F sharp minor all as F sharp minor. And so you can think of the whole thing, like the chords are still doing what they're doing, but melodically, I'm like, in my F sharp minor pentatonic thing for the first two chords, but then we get to G minor, and I'm just going to do the same scale, but it's a half step up. And so that's the simplest way. The simplest way to engage in it is just be like, 
F sharp minor. Let's see. Well, I got a dun dun dun. Or, or do, you, do you mean do you mean B minor? No, I literally mean F sharp minor. Treat it. Treat the whole. Treat the B minor and the F sharp minor as one chord. Dun dun dun. That whole thing. F sharp minor did it. Duh, and this, uh, that little spot right there. Yeah, it's just, I'm just playing G minor. But then okay, everything, cool. it's like, you basically can just go crazy as long as you know when you have to shift a half step up or a half step down. So it's a nice way to kind of yeah. cheat. Because basically with weird chords, we want to be able to make nice clean lines that go over the, the chord change. We want to talk about the chord change, not about the chords individually, because that's what makes our solo yeah. not sound choppy. So it's a mm-hmm. nice way to, like, I don't have to think too hard because there's a lot of spots where I just am, like, going to slide a half step to get into where I want. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's really what I'm doing. I'm, like, I'm taking a little, like, two-string section of that scale. And just basically doing the same thing. I have to... And then I choose another little bite. That I'm gonna... I, I really like the idea of putting in, like... Oh, what is that? Something like that at the beginning. It starts on B and then goes to D. It's like B, D. I think that's D. Oh, also, does does C minor? I feel like C minor might also work like the scale. Might. C minor would be fine for your uh, for that last chord, the G minor seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like there there's two ways I can go up a half step there to either the G or C minor. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because you could absolutely you could treat both the first two chords as I understand what your question was before now. Yeah, you could for B yeah. minor F sharp, you could think of the whole thing as B minor. And so then the substitution would be like yeah. you'd be using the minor pentatonic based on the four. If like now it's F sharp minor now it's like a four over one is the substitution if i'm doing d minor the reason specifically that i like doing f sharp minor the whole time is because it gives you five over one f sharp over b as your one chord which just gives you a nice smooth b minor nine and then you're already in the chord for the f sharp minor so you're like ready for it um but that'll that's only to say that that's why it would be my first option not my only option also in that in that um, G minor seven at the end, uh-huh. there's a tri there's a tritone I think with the first chord with B. The minor seven of the G G minor is a uh, is the flat five of yep. D. So I feel like there could be. Ooh, that's smart, dude. Yeah, that's a smart choice. Definitely, you can mess with that. There will mm-hmm. be some notes that won't be wrong, but they'll be awkward. So you'll just have to use your ear. But you, that's a fantastic instinct. Um, but to to play to your to, yeah, because you want to do if you go do 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 if you add this uh, that is that uh, diminished scale. But it's oh, yeah. coming out of your nice smooth B Dorian. So it's like I'm natural, it's Dorian, but then 
you get that extra note, it's like, whoa, the whole structure sounds like diminished. So it's like I'm using a diminished bridge to get from chord to chord. But what I'm landing on is the actual minor seven is that is that tritone note that you wanted. So that that might be like your your big oh hell yeah yeah and you know then you're in your G minor thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. I, I was trying to figure out because I heard that in my head over it, but I was like, I don't know what notes those are, but Sick. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, cool. There's another part of the song that I have this idea for like a reharmonization yeah. of it. And I guess it's been like on the tip of my tongue, and maybe you could help me figure that out too. If that oh yeah. Cool. Dude. Okay, so there's this, I think it's like, there's this C section where she goes. Yeah. She, I think she goes down to, yeah, she goes down to A minor 7. She's like. But in my head, and I was singing it a little bit that night too. I keep hearing. Uh, uh, Like, I want to figure out like that chromaticism in there kind of fits in there somehow. And and I was thinking, like, what I guess chords could I use to bring out that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. So yeah, so you're hearing a chromatic line that already is there i think because it sounds like you're you're you might be singing something that's a harmony to like the seventh of the first chord i'm singing g over a minor but then that's resolving down to f sharp for the d and then that f note is the seventh of my g and then another half step gives me e which exists in the c chord Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, 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 yeah, but you could just you could I guess leave I was, the bass notes off, yeah. if, especially if you're playing it with a bass player. You could play it like, uh, uh, and just leave off the A string and the E string. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess what I was hearing was that chromaticism, but like in revert or like going up, like. Uh, 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 oh, okay. uh, uh, that sounds cool. Okay, just yeah, do that again. We'll figure it out. I'm doing this, I think. Uh, Ooh, okay. I think you can do this with altered chords. You want, like... Ooh, this is fun. That note. That note. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that is so classy, dude. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Oh. Yeah. So what was so that? Classic. Was the first so one you were playing this guy? Oh right, I, we're still a little bit out of tune, but yeah, it's it's the that G note on top, that third fret so, note. Can you play your E for me really quick so I can try to get a little? That made it a little bit. Sorry, we can just. Can you play your A? Um, I, I yeah. hate. I <laughs> no, hate. No problem. I hate to be this guy. No, it's fine. I actually, it occurs to me that doing stuff like this adds lots of extra content to yeah. the podcast. That makes it more interactive. Yeah. Because, like, for instance, right now, the only people really listening to these lessons are like other students, yeah. and a lot of them, I guarantee you started out of tune and now we're tuning and they're gonna be like oh crap i've been trying to play a yeah. lot so and i didn't want to because it's the talk is going i didn't want to pause it whatever find my tuner but now go find your tuner folks at home yeah if you're listening at home uh don't be that guy who doesn't bring a clip-on tuner like me right now <laughs> especially at like an open jam uh br- bring a tuner and because i guarantee you you will need it and also nobody else will have brought their tuner especially if they're guitarists so. Yes. Oh my gosh. All right. That is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can I get your D? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now G. D. Yeah. And then finally E. All right, cool. I think. Yeah. All right, so there's that chord in it. Oh. Yeah. The question is, what the what the note underneath it's. Doing. What 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 is that chord though? Could you break it down for me real quick? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so on the on the bottom is just your normal like uh, your D seven triangle, like you were gonna do D nine, mm-hmm. right? Like your normal those guys. But then the yeah, so the pointer finger there is available to just lay down for that. What I'm deciding about is mm, that note right there. That's like adding also the flat nine. Okay, cool. And so it kind of it's it's more information than you need. So you could even leave that note off and just play. But just you know what whatever you want. It, but it allows you to have that melodic line on top. Oh, that's nice. A nine on that G seven. And then it's a seven for your last chord so yeah that's a nice nice line so the first one is this guy and then it's yep. this guy yeah exactly and the the questionable note is that B string we had, we'll have to decide if yeah. we want to keep that and then what's after that after that, I was playing a G minor nine, so I'm barring the entire third fret. 
I'm uh, if you're strumming it with a pick, then you might want to play the fifth fret B and play like a big bar chord. Yeah. Like this, I'm playing with my fingers, so I'm only just barring and using the pinky, and then I just kind of ignore the A string. I don't even touch it, but just however you have okay. to be playing. Yeah. The important yeah the important thing is just that interval from the root note G to the the ninth up there, and then I have I'm playing. D7 like this again I'm playing with my fingers so yeah I'm just playing that on top this is the 5th fret yeah and then I'm just you can either leave you could actually leave this F natural in there for a little crunch or just play the root note and then that gives you that note twice you know it's, it is really really stating that B flat cool so okay, there you go And then that's so nice. Yeah, she's gonna flip yeah. the shit when I show her that. <laughs> Good. There's actually a way too. You could do it. I'm gonna see. It might not sound as pretty, but you can keep it in that middle voice. Ooh, it would be like. And then we'd have to find something. Oh, oh, yeah. That minor six. It's my well, it's minor. What it is, it's still the nine. It sound it I got the minor six vibes too, but it, oh, we're singing oh, yeah, the yeah. nine. Still, it's just that we're singing it down in the middle now. So it's like the all we gave the alto, the middle voice, we gave that person a nine. So it's they're all excited <laughs> they get to sing the jazz. Uh, and then that resolves. And so it keeps it in this dark, medium, like yeah, juicy spot. But that okay. So the the new the new chord is the second one here, which is D seven, and now it's a it's a flat five in the middle. It was like a flat five on top, where you could even maybe call it a sharp yeah. four on top. But now it's yeah. So it's just our normal bar chord of. D7, but with this sixth fret note on the D string instead of the normal seventh fret. So like, oh, but avoid avoid the A on top. Yeah. yeah. Depends where you're going. What what the part is after that? Does it go back to the B minor thing? Uh, I actually don't. I don't know. Those are the. Ooh, oh, that's cool. That's a nice. The resolution from C seven to B minor is really nice. Yeah, I think it goes back to the B after the. After that, that after that C seven. There are more parts too, but I can't remember them right now. Yeah, man, that is a nice little counterline, and I I wouldn't have immediately thought about that, but yeah, you just added that nice. Mm -hmm. I there. just I, I just like heard it for some reason when they were playing it. But yeah, yeah, it's cool when stuff happens like that. I feel mm -hmm. like more and more, like more of my good ideas come from me like singing something in my head than actually playing it, like. Oh yeah. Like 
like or my just like my imagination rather than like trying to like I didn't trying to find it like through playing the thing like just like think about it or listen listen to oh, it. Oh yeah, I mean I I was watching an Instagram commercial for uh, an Oregon keyboard like video course yeah. uh, with uh, Corey Henry. This oh, he's amazing. Guy. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that was something he said. He was like, "I try to play in my improvisations. I try to play the stuff I would sing." And so he's like, you know, like something. Like it's based usually around pentatonic. It has like soulful articulation. Yeah, there's certain things you do in dynamics when you sing that aren't necessarily natural on other instruments, but when you put them on other instruments, it brings it to life. Yeah, and also I just have guitarist brain where like I have my little safe space that I sit in usually. Of like these are the chords, these are the chords I know, and. But with a singer, it's like, I don't know, I can sing, but I'm not, like, a, tr- a classically trained singer. So, and I, I guess I don't have this ego of, like, I want to be good at this thing. Necess- or, like, I have to be good at it. So I'm more into taking risks. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about being an in- a multi-instrumentalist of any kind is that you can kind of step back and be in the producer's chair and be like, okay, I've got this studio team of like a singer who has this style and this skill level, yeah. a guitarist who has this style and this skill level. And like, I've, I've been encountering that a lot too in my own like home production thing. It's like, okay. And the more I do it, the more I can kind of get to know those people as other people and not be so wrapped up in the ego of like, Oh, how good am I? Am I good enough at this yeah. skill? It's like, okay, this is what we're working with. You know, the, we were hit and record at nine thirty, yeah. and whatever we got, we got. I, yeah, I guess if I were just a guitarist, I'd be more preoccupied with having my guitarist moment. But as somebody, but right. as somebody who plays everything, I can just like, like the other night they were practicing that song. I was, I wasn't even playing anything. I, I was, like, I was kind of, I guess, like helping cue in the other, like the drummer and stuff to like change up the beat at certain parts. And I was like, then I'd go outside yeah. and like have a cigarette, and then I'd. run back in during the part where she wanted me to come and like harmonize so yeah Yeah, yeah, it's so nice to like be able to just let other musicians be great and not feel like they're taking away from my great greatness or whatever ah beautifully said because i meet a lot of guitarists that they just want their guitar moment you know they they come to a jam and they want to have they just want to be seen, which I understand, but you know, those are usually the guys yeah. that people aren't so down to have like a jazz jam with or work on their songs with. Right, yeah. right, right. Exactly. They're with a certain agenda. Yeah, like I want to play rock and roll. Because yeah, cause right. It's... Well, it's a whole different. It's a different game. I noticed that because some of the first musicians I saw that really pushed me that I was also watching kind of step by step was like on Instagram maybe 10 years ago or so but what I noticed over now the last 10 years that have passed is that if you spend all your time focused on trying to create this perfect sound on one instrument it shoehorns you into one kind of workflow where ultimately you just want to create like guitar showcase music even if you think you're practicing rock or you're practicing 
fusion or you're practicing metal, like you're still the way your brain is working, the guitar in your mind is like mixed loud because you're focused yeah, yeah. on it. You're not like supporting a voice or supporting a, you know, a band or whatever. It's a whole different and you have to get real specific, you know, in, in your practice and gotta exactly think like that. Think about supporting the other instruments. And I think that's what you're saying is that it's uh, you're challenging yourself by working on someone else's music. And it's nice to be working with musicians where they kind of get that too. And you don't, you're not like forced into showcasing what you got. Cause there's nothing else going on. You're like, you're finding a yeah. balance. And I think, I think I, I've developed more into that because of, you know, because I record my own music and stuff, I have all the time to have my little guitar moment or my piano moment or like, I, 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 I I can express myself on my own time however I want, really. So it, it's like a right. treat. It's a nice treat when I get to play with other musicians because it's like I've scratched the itch of being a solo artist or singer-songwriter. I feel like I'm being seen in that way. And so I'm not trying to turn every scenario in, into a way where I can showcase myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool, man. And how awesome to be able to just I don't know how that journey. Yeah, and I think it you know, I think it helps me empathize with the with the I'm not hating on those guitar boys or and, and gals. Yeah. Right, right. No, it's just a different yeah. game. It's you know it's yeah, it's very different. Like and it, I guess I can empathize with them so I can be with them in their moment and, and try to make them feel seen and maybe through that they can realize like there's more to it than than just scratching their own little itch of of yeah their own their own fantasy right well i feel it's yeah i mean it's the same with with any i mean like you know take guitars out of the picture and say we're now talking about cars it's like you know there are some people who are it's like i'm gonna find the perfect 69 corvette and it's gonna be this color and it's gonna have paint made in this factory and it's gonna be perfect and i'm gonna drive it just this way because i have this respect for the history and the process and it's like that kind of person but then there's the other person who's like uh you know welding pieces of bicycles together in his backyard and he's like making you know art cars because it's about this moment and it's like that person maybe doesn't have magazines he can subscribe to and like meet up to maybe that person only meets someone he can really talk to once every few years because there are these other like singular minded but it's just you know both of those people are impressive as heck whether it's a car or an instrument or a computer yeah or a pair of crochet needles mm-hmm. beautiful well said <laughs> yeah it's like well it's it's the it's the joe bonamassa effect that we've talked about before <laughs> oh what's that i don't remember uh, it's like joe bonamassa is amazing but it's like he both can never be authentically blues, but then can only exist because of authentic yes, blues. Yes, yeah. Because he's like a blues artist, but it's like, to me, it just feels very accurate. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure, like, you could dig into, and you know, like any artist, he's got his own story and he's got his own struggle. But, like, for me as a listener, seeing him on stage and seeing what he's doing, it just like the story is like this is an academic lesson about like the history of blues and he's telling the story like through this lens yeah. sort of as an outsider 
And it's like, to me, it feels different than, I don't know, even maybe Eric Clapton now we're like, that's the middle line. Where yeah. it's like, it's sort of insider, sort of outsider. But then to me, I don't know, when we get to, uh, I don't I'm, I guess I'm thinking like earlier and maybe more rural. I don't know. Like once we get to like Albert King, once we get to, I don't know, Robert Johnson, like people who are in the canon as blues people, it's like those people seem like they could never be Joe Bonamassa because there wouldn't be anything to reference and to teach people about the way Joe Bonamassa mm-hmm. does. But at the same time, like he can't be those people because he's not like, telling the story of like the struggle of a people and like the personal experience of growing up as a minority yeah. in america it's like he like bill bonamassa does not have that well it's kind of like when you go to there's a lot of taco places in Asheville, and <laughs> and you go <laughs> right. and you go to them and it's like i don't know there's this one that has like it has like every like culture's version of a taco or like you know, you can get like a Bami taco, you can get a Euro, you can get like, you know, it has all these cultures, but it's also just like, sort of like gentrified to the point where it, it's like not really like, it's not authentic at all. It's like an, a recreation of something that is, it, it, it's like a replica almost, but it's like you can tell that it's not it's not like somebody's grandmother's recipe going into it. It's, I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. No, to me, that looks like it's like human culture, like going off the cliff. Cause it used to be like, say we're making a traditional piece of food in 1950. Mm-hmm. Like there's ways. Okay. In the past from 1950, humanity gets more and more diverse because basically communication gets worse and worse. Like, uh, groups of people get smaller and smaller. It's like more about the village, more about the family. So like, yeah, it's family recipes. It's like this tradition comes from this town and this town has different food. Everything is unique. Then you think forward, it's like, okay, certain things change technologically one generation in the future. You know, say we're looking forward to the year 2000 or present day, whatever. Uh, but for us looking into the future, it's like, the culture is going to be global. Like the idea of like, Oh, this is a recipe from my village. It's like it for better or worse, everybody in the whole world is going to know the taste of a little Caesar's hot (laughs) at a certain point, you know? And like that changes the, like, again, for better or worse, you know, who can say, but like for us to look forward, this is the first generation that really it's like, Whoa, this is like, this is unlike anything. This is like an alien race, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. so it's everything. It's a synthesis of it's the, it's the banh mi taco and it's everything. <laughs> and it, it is about like, you know, throwing everyone together more than like telling the story of like a family. Yeah. Village. Well, it's funny because banh mi itself is, comes through also it's delicious and it's become like traditional now, but that also comes from cultural appropriation. It comes from, French like French occupation of Vietnam um right yeah. good point yeah eventually we're just all gonna turn yeah. into like amorphous beige blobs and <laughs> yeah and that's fine I'm, I'm cool with that it's true something else that I've thought about though is that new cultures do emerge yeah. like for instance like 
clowns have always <laughs> been around, but to see an insane clown posse fan, to see a juggalo in real life, it's like that. Um, like, where did that come from? Like that yeah. crossed the barrier from the spirit realm and like came out of nowhere. It's like, like where are the people? The, the where did the juggalos come from? There's no land of the juggalos. Yeah, they come from a conceptual place in the mind. Yeah, that's deep, man. <laughs> but it's like oh i took a, a class on linguistics that was specifically focused on haitian creole mm-hmm. and it was talking about how like every single language can be like there's like two parent languages usually and especially in the last i don't know 500 to a thousand years through the pattern of uh, colonialism there's like usually two languages coming together one language is from like the stronger power so like they make the people use all of their words mm-hmm. but the grammar is harder to learn so the grammar usually sticks so the syntax of how the words are put together stays right so like for instance uh jamaican patois like it isn't so much simplified the syntax as it's synthesized with the syntax from like the West African languages mm-hmm. that people were speaking indigenously before that, you know, or like learned from their parents, if their parent, you know, if they were second generation in the new world or whatever. But it's like every language you can go forward and backward and like, no matter how hoity toity the humans are currently that are speaking it, like their sophisticated language of the elites at one point was like a pigeon spoken in the back alleyways of some like port city like Singapore a hundred years ago or maybe longer than a hundred years ago now for us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's like in the same way that stuff comes seemingly out of nowhere, like the insane clown posse factor, like I want, because I mean, we do invent, there's this certain like now that it's not, because it used to be, things that were exotic yeah that came from other places were exciting you know we're gonna go out for chinese food or indian food in the modern age or in you know back in olden times it's like oh this is a spice that someone put on a ship and Mm -hmm. took from india from the you know spice islands from whatever but like now there is no other culture there's only the culture of like the imaginary yeah yeah you know it's like so it's a trickier thing that we're not as familiar with. The importance of something like SpongeBob for our generation mm-hmm. <laughs> is bigger than someone else. You know, like someone else would have been like, oh, like SpongeBob is he's like an American. <laughs> and it's like, oh, how funny. Like he has this he has a job as a fry cook like an American. He has. But like that's only what's important to like baby boomers and older. What's important to like younger millennials and Gen Z is the nonsensical things that come in and like don't make sense to the older generation because yeah. like they their idea of oh this is surprising and exotic is like this comes from the other side of the world whereas like for us it's like this comes from the other side of yeah reality. it comes from like the ether or something but then right. that becomes a cultural thing and then more culture develops on top of that right yeah where like something imaginary becomes real and then real shit grows from that real thing thing that now is real and fucking magnets how do they work (laughs) literally though i mean okay so i mean my uh younger like age four to age seven students that i uh, teach one-on-one piano to 
they're, they get the most excited when I wear this shirt. And it's not just a SpongeBob shirt. And it's not just a shirt with SpongeBob and Patrick. It's SpongeBob and Patrick riding on top of a unicorn flying. Oh, that's space. a great shirt. But they respond to it, and I also respond to it in a different way than just a regular SpongeBob shirt, because that's the thing you're talking about. That's like this imaginary thing came, and now it's on this other realm of stuff where it's still imaginary, but it's completely recognizable. Yeah. You know, like Coca Cola is just a concept, but to the basically now the whole human race it has this power yeah it's i mean it that reminds me of like one time like i was driving with somebody and they saw like something that was the color orange and they're like oh that's the home depot color yeah right it's like so like the color orange not is not orange anymore it's like that that's just home depot like right yeah Yeah, that's amazing. I wonder about that stuff, like what stuff will make it into the future, like the montage in Idiocracy, where it's like first it's Fuddruckers, and then it's like Fud Jangles or something. It gets like sillier and sillier, and then eventually it's just Fuddruckers. <laughs> they like don't even like all the subtlety is gone. They're like they don't they they've lost the distinction of like this sounds like a funny thing. They're like that's totally dissolved out of society now. It's just like it is somebody getting hit yeah. in the balls or it's not. And so I think about, like, there's more Wawa's now than there are, like, uh, kangaroos. It's easier to say Wawa. <laughs> like, I wonder if it'll get just more and more simple. Back to the Wilson Stern podcast. Hello? That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I should, yeah, you can start, like, an, like a, yeah, just go, like, Hello? Like at the yeah. end of it. <laughs> Hello? I'm going to get like a um like a soundboard on here somehow. Oh yeah, well that's where that's where things are going. So I mean this is season one. This is like experimental, everything's on the phone. Eventually I wanna have it all on the computer where I can use some digital effects during the actual conversation. Yeah. And I have a little eight pad uh like midi controller and so it would be fun because i already have like it came preloaded with like the air horn like oh yeah yeah and like the gunshot (laughs) (laughs) yeah that'd be dope man i mean i have like a nice condenser and preamp and audio interface too so when you get on that computer i can come in with really good sound quality Cool. Yeah, and yeah. I think actually we may be able to use the same app. I think Anchor has a equivalent on the PC. Cool. Yeah. Hey, well, could before... I? Yeah. Could I play a song for you and the listeners before we end this? I would love that. Okay. Cool. All right, and it's a new song, and I haven't finished all the lyrics, but I think it's pretty, so I wanted to it. share it. Can you hear it? Okay, by the way. I certainly can. Cool. If anybody wants to learn how to play along, I'm in open D. We was walking down Old Every Street. We were talking about what used to be. 
You said goodbye. Let it slide. Packed it up and left it behind you. song man i really enjoyed that i was i was ferociously air drumming yeah that's gonna be a heavy one on the yeah i was doing like i had i had an imaginary like crash ride like the really nice big like washy symbol like way (laughs) way down low low down on the floor tom i had that going on i had like very it was like a big big snare drum like loose like really big snare sound yeah and then i had the whole thing like in a like large room with like lots of like like maybe i just had it maybe i recorded it with one mic and it's just like with some kind of compression on it and it's just like yeah so that's that's what i was doing in my head i want to buy a gong i just yeah (laughs) do it dude yeah they're expensive though but we'll we'll see what i can do did you do the uh, gong experience in, uh, at the drum shop in Asheville? Do you know what I'm talking about? The no, I haven't done that, but I would like to try it. So I'll have to look that up. Are we still on here? Uh, hello? Yes, sorry. Okay, right. cool. Partner's on the way out. He's giving me a goodbye kiss. Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> it was. See, we need like an aww. <laughs> You're right. That would be on, on the sound pad. And then gunshot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, dude, thank you for sharing that yeah. song. That's really good. I, again, can't wait to 
listen to it. That sounds so cool, and yeah. I hope that I get hired to play on the tour. Oh, you definitely will. If if it if the time works out, yes. If the timing works, and also you know if the the awful deadly virus, um, you know, gets under control, then there will be a Luca Long Genie tour. Right. So, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been uh, the Wilson podcast with once again your intrepid host Wilson. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Dollar Shave Club. Um, that's that's always what podcasts are sponsored by, right? Yeah, they love to sponsor podcasts. Those guys, yeah. and also the uh, the purple mattresses. Yeah. Um, also, Quip and uh, yeah, the other ones. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah, I agree, man. Thanks again for coming on. This is yeah. fantastic. And yeah, we'll do it again. I look forward to hearing about the rest of your trip to North Carolina as well. So, yeah, cool. We'll see you later then, man. All right, later on.